Hey y'all, this is The Immigration Guy with Kyle Farmer. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Immigration Guy podcast. My name's Kyle Farmer. For background on me, I, with my wife, after graduating law school in 2016, we uh, graduated from Vanderbilt Law School in Nashville, Tennessee, and afterwards we moved up to Iowa to help with a construction company, filed H-2A visa applications. After that, a lot of people started asking us for help in H-2A, H-2B, TNs, green card applications, all those sorts of things. And so our our firm just started to grow from there. Uh, one of the nice things about that is by starting working for just one company, we were able to really see the pain points for employers. And also, we, having never worked for another law firm, we had uh, no reservations on the scope of work that we were willing to uh, take on. So from that, we also started a business called AW Labor Solutions. AW focuses on the recruitment and processing of workers, whereas FLPC or Farmer Law PC, our, our law firm, focuses on all, all the legal aspects of the filings. So at everything that we do, our whole goal is just to make immigration as easy for employers as possible. Our clients are generally just businesses that leverage immigration to fill labor needs in their businesses. Uh, I, I, we plan on releasing new episodes every Wednesday. They're going to come in a variety of topics with a variety of different guests. We're going to talk some about H-2A visas, H-2B visas, TN visas, uh, PERM applications, worker processing, recruitment, worker onboarding, immigration policy, failures of politicians, because that's a particularly fun topic for me. Uh, we'll have all sorts of different guests on our podcast. We're going to have business owners. Uh, we're going to have some employees here. Sometimes I'm just going to be talking about myself, which is kind of like most days for me. If you have any questions or it, if you want to be a guest on our podcast, you can email us at media at farmerlawpc.com. And our amazing producer and editor, Drew Barry, uh, or Drew as her official name, but Drew Barry, to those of us that really love her, and you definitely get her attention, we'll definitely get back to you. So sometimes on our podcast, we're going to talk about things that are relevant to immigration and the law. Sometimes we're going to talk about just random things that for whatever reason, I or somebody else might find interesting. Uh, one thing that I kind of like to talk to people about is a numerical cap on visas, particularly non-immigrant visas. So just as a little bit of background, there's certain visa categories like the H-2B visa that has a numerical cap. So there's 66,000 of them that they issue every fiscal year. Uh, and Congress can approve just one-time increases uh, in the number of visas issued. And they generally do this in December where they approve it, but then the Department of Homeland Security doesn't actually release them until usually June or so. I find the whole notion of numerical caps on non-immigrant visas where you're required to test the labor market annually completely ridiculous. It doesn't make any logical sense because part of the application process is demonstrating that you have a need for the number of workers you're requesting. They also require that you prove that you can't find those people in the U.S. workforce. It's against the regulations to adversely affect the U.S. workforce. So why would you need a numerical cap if the demand's there? 
Well, the, the reason behind that is the reason behind a, a lot of our immigration policies, which is it was simply a political negotiating tool. So from the people that wanted H-2B to pass, which the interesting thing about uh, non-immigrant programs like H-2B and H-2A, they don't really have a, a political ally in terms of uh, which political party is more favorable to them. You have certain politicians that are more favorable to them, but then certain politicians that aren't uh, in, in both parties. But it, it is really interesting because with the numerical cap, all they said was, okay, well, here's this arbitrary number of 66,000. We'll issue that many visas a year. That, to me, just makes no logical sense. I, I, and it's really annoying because if you have a business that's applying for a certain number of positions, let, and let's say that they're applying for 100 positions, but the cap was already hit. Well, and, and they're still required to prove through the application process they weren't able to hire any able, willing, and qualified U.S. applicants to fill the role. All you're doing is putting an artificial restraint on the growth of the, actually not artificial. It is a it is a it is a legitimate restraint on the growth of their business, and it's through just a lack of labor. And Pete, you see it all the time right now. I mean, go go down any road, go to any storefronts, and you'll see that everyone's hiring right now. But not everyone can fill their labor needs using immigration because you have to check a lot of different boxes. Uh, you've got to make sure that there's cap space available, all those sorts of things. So anyways, it all, all that happens whenever this occurs is there is a constraint on economic growth for these companies. And whenever you think about the the total economic growth, it has some significant implications because a lot of times these are jobs that Americans just don't want. Uh, Americans tend to not want to go mow your yard, uh, but Americans really do want to be your accountant. They want to be your HR representative. And it's through the immigrants that those jobs are provided. So whenever you put a restraint on these companies and you, you put an arbitrary numerical cap, even though these companies are demonstrating their need every single year and that the U.S. workers are not taking those positions. It's really just a constraint on growth of American jobs as well. And it just doesn't make any logical sense. So it annoys the hell out of me. Uh, so that's an example of a relevant topic that I'll talk about. An example of an irrelevant topic is, are superheroes criminals? Generally, the answer is obviously yes. What is a criminal? A criminal is someone that breaks the law. Uh, it's, I've never seen a superhero stop at a red light. I don't know. I don't know why they think that they're impervious to red lights, like they're on a bicycle or something. And I also don't know why people on bicycles tend to not abide by traffic lights, but then they get really mad at you whenever you get too close to them or something. But anyways, back to the superheroes, which is the important topic here. If you have someone like, I don't know, let, let's go with Superman. Superman is in a fight with some criminal. He is just destructive of property in an attempt to stop this guy. But that doesn't make him immune from the only, the liability that he assumes in, in stopping that guy. He has no legal right to stop that guy. So obviously he's a criminal. They all are. I have never seen a, a vigilante that is just completely law-abiding. So that's an example of a topic that is, one, I'm obviously right about, but two, that is completely irrelevant, but just kind of interesting to talk about. So that's going to be kind of how this podcast goes. We're going to talk about some things that uh, matter and improve your life, and then some things that just don't. But 
hopefully you at least find them interesting. Thank you all for listening to the Immigration Guy podcast. We really appreciate it. You can find us on our website. Go to www.farmerlawpc.com. You can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Just search at Kyle Farmer FLPC. You can find our law firm on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. All you have to do is search for at Farmer Law PC. Go ahead and subscribe to download all the episodes of our podcast. You can download them and listen to them whenever and wherever you want. Uh, We'll be releasing new episodes every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, which is apparently a real thing, Amazon Music, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. This is not legal advice, so any information that you get from this podcast should not be taken as such. If you are looking for legal advice, you should consult with a competent attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. Uh, If you want to schedule a consultation, just go ahead and use the link in the description of this episode. Thank you.